Well, I want to welcome each and every one of you that is on the other side of this camera firstly this morning, those watching on Facebook Live, those watching on YouTube, listening to the podcast, and those on Faith Television. We welcome you. Great honor to have all of you with us. We want to invite you to church. There's no place like the gathering of the saints in the name of Jesus. There's no atmosphere when believers, like the believers coming together. But we ask you to continually be responsible and faithful, uh, responsible and uh, um, wearing your, 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 when you come to church, wearing your masks and washing your hands and social distancing, etc., like we always do every single Sunday. So I want to welcome you. I want to tell you, get ready, take out your Bibles and get ready. Those in the building this morning, welcome, welcome, welcome. Nice to have you with us. Come on, God is doing something in our church, in our nation, around the world. Take out your Bibles. Let us get ready for the Word tonight. I want to, sp- uh, today, I want to speak to you and tell you, a me- share a message with you that is burning strong on my heart. Nothing stopped them. Traditionally, today is the day that we remember Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit came upon the church of Jesus Christ, the New Testament church, the birth of the church. But it's not a religious event. I saw somebody recently tweet this week. I won't say his name of his church, but he said, put all the dates of every weekend of the year, and he said, Pentecost this year, Pentecost this year, Pentecost this year. And I went, like We're not only having church on a certain Sunday and experiencing Pentecost on a certain Sunday. It's something we should be living. It's something we should be crying out to God for every single day of our lives. Our parents should walk into our rooms and find us kneeling next to our bed and saying, God, do it again in my life. God, do it again. Fan that flame again. And when God touches you, you get off your knees and you run for God like never before, unashamedly and unapologetically serving God. the Bible says, Luke 24 verse 49 in the Amplified Version says, And behold, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. Acts 1.8 in the the Passion Translation, But I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be seized with power. And you will be my messengers to Jerusalem throughout Judea, to the distant provinces, even to the remotest places on the earth. You know, I want to submit to you tonight, today that I believe we've forgotten the power that God has given us. We've forgotten the power that He's empowered us and infused us with. Because He says, the power should, well, shall come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You will be my messengers. Wherever we go, we carry the message of the gospel. Because we're powered from on high. In Acts 2 verse 1, Passion Translation again, the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord, unity, unity in purpose, unity in vision, unity in seeking God, unity in leadership. They were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance the Holy Spirit is not to be feared the Holy Spirit is not to be resisted we should hunger after the third part of the the Trinity the Spirit of the Living God to touch us to fill us to empower us New King James Version it mentions the word filled twice Filled inwardly for life, salvation, verse 2. Filled outwardly for ministry, purpose, verse 4. The reality is, family, the early church disciples heard the sound. They saw the flames. They experienced the power. They were so infused with power from on high. that they experience supernatural strength. Fierce courage. Uncanny boldness. Unusual ability. Nothing stopped them. And 
I pray today, God, that you would do it again. As the saints of old and as we, your saints, we would cry out to you in private moments. We would cry out to you as a corporate church, Lord, that you would do it again. That you would fan a flame of your spirit upon us. What I'm saying this morning is we have to ask God again. And we have to let go of this safe, comfortable, compliant, preferential religion. We have to ask God to do it again. To pour out His Spirit on His people. To fan the flame that is on the inside of us. And we as believers have got to stop limiting or confining the work of the Holy Spirit. May I submit to you this morning that the modern church has muzzled the voice of the Holy Spirit. The modern church has constrained Him. Maybe we could say it like this way. He has We have shot him with a tranquilizer gun so that we can try and maintain control. You've got an hour for the praise and and the worship. And if it goes any longer than an hour, Pastor, then I'm not coming back to that church because it's interfering with my Sunday. Doesn't God have the right to interfere with your Sunday? Doesn't God have the right to interfere with your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Doesn't God have the right to override your intellect and reason and your understanding and all the upbringing and all the traditions and all the cultures? Doesn't God have a right to your life? You see, most times we're not asking God what's your will. We're telling Him what our will is and we're asking Him to bless it. Modern church has become so politically correct in the guise of being relevant that we have become weak, timid, and compromised in this world. We need a fresh outpouring, a fresh fanning of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit to move in our lives. I want to challenge you first and foremost to ask God to do it again. Ask God to do it again in your life. In Acts chapter 5, I want to read there from verse 27. It says, when they brought them before the council. I want you to understand that the apostles were being persecuted. By the high priest and the Sadducees. Without the Holy Ghost, you're going to be sad, you see. Some of you are trying to work it out. Imagine an amazing name to call yourself sad, you see. Everything I see is sad, you see. Without the Holy Ghost, you're going to see a sad future. Because when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, possibility comes upon you. When the Holy Ghost empowers you, power comes upon you. When the Holy Ghost comes on you, you're not fearful of man or man, what man says or the limitations placed upon you. You can never be sad when you're immersed and infused by the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed to say I'm dependent on the Holy Ghost. Come, Lord, come and touch your people. When they brought them before the council, the high priest demanded an explanation, saying, didn't we strictly warn you that you were... To never again teach in this name, this name being the name Jesus. But instead you have now filled all of Jerusalem with this doctrine and are committed to holding us responsible for this man's death. Peter and the apostles replied, it's the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. It's the same Peter that got out the boat and began to sink. It's the same Peter that cut off one of the centurion's ears. ears. That, that, that wild, dangerous Peter who was touched and transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
who is now preaching with power and authority. Peter and the apostles replied, we must listen to and obey God more than pleasing religious leaders. You were Jesus arrested and killed by crucifixion, but the God of our forefathers has raised him up. He's the one God has exalted and seated at his right hand as our Savior and champion. He is the provider of grace as the Redeemer of Israel. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God freely gives, listen, to all who believe in Him. Verse 33, when they heard this, they were infuriated and determined to murder them. When you come to church with the wrong motive, like I was warned last night that there could be people at our church with the wrong motive. <laughs> My prayer for you is that you get so infused with the Holy Ghost that the mission you came to accomplish will be turned to null and void and you will give your life to Christ. You cannot intimidate us. You cannot cause fear to rule in our hearts because we are infused with the Holy Ghost. We understand why we are here. We understand what God has called us to. And God will always find a way of protection and escape for His children that are serving Him. Because in this passage, you then read about a man called Gamaliel. In actual fact, he is the, is the, is the, is the, is the one that Paul, who was Saul, trained under, the Pharisee. And he comes and he says to him, listen guys, you don't understand. There was a guy a few years ago that, that tried the same thing and he claimed to be somebody. And there were about 400 people that followed him. But nothing came from that. And then he spoke about another man who got people to follow him in a revolt. And he too perished. And all who followed him were scattered. But then in verse 38 it says, So in this situation, you should just leave these men to themselves. For if this plan or undertaking originates with men, it will fade away and come to nothing. But if this movement Oh, I know God is on the move. But if this movement, I know CRC is a move of God. But if this movement is of God, you won't be able to stop it. And you might discover that you were fighting God all along. Gabriel's words convinced the council, so they brought the apostles back in and had them severely beaten. They were beaten physically. They'd been thrown in prison. They were beaten physically. And you want to leave because somebody didn't greet you properly. Or somebody parked in your parking space. Or somebody sat on your chair. They were severely beaten. And they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And then let them go. Verse 41. The apostles left there rejoicing. Oh, pastor, I was so misunderstood. Oh, pastor, it's time to rejoice, brother. It's time to rejoice, sister, when you are persecuted for righteousness. It's time to rejoice when they want to persecute you for standing up for what is right, for standing up for Jesus Christ, for standing in a place where the world is pushing darkness upon us, and you say, no, I'm going to be the salt. I'm going to be the light. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm not ashamed of Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. He went publicly to a cross. I'm publicly you're going to stand for him in the name of Jesus. The apostles left there rejoicing, thrilled that God had considered them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Verse 42, and nothing stopped them. And nothing stopped them. They kept preaching every day. Nothing's going to stop us preaching the gospel. They kept preaching every day in the temple courts. Are we going to have church? People are phoning, saying, Pastor, with the uprise of, of infections, what are you going to do? And I say, I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on preaching. I'm going to keep on having church. I'm going to keep my doors open. Oh, I'm here to tell you that the, the sick need the gospel. The hurting need the gospel. The lost need the gospel. Nothing's going to stop us. And we will be responsible. And we will be 
careful. But nothing's stopping us. Kept preaching every day in the temple, church. Went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus, God's anointed one. We've got to ask God to do it again. And number two this morning, nothing stopped them. Nothing stopped them. Nothing stopped them. Nothing stopped them. It's time that Christians begin to preach the gospel in their workplaces, in their schools, on the campuses, in their homes, that Christians are unashamed, get back to their purpose, which is the lost, to reach the lost at any cost. Nothing stopped them. Isaiah prophesies in Isaiah 14, 27, all the forces of darkness can't stop what God has ordained. Nothing can stop what God has ordained. Nothing can stop a believer touched by the fire of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that you would do it again. I mean, the New Testament church, Acts chapter 2 church, where the church was birthed, were powerful Christians, brave, uncompromisingly preaching the gospel. They worked miracles, lived extravagantly generous lives. Gave their lives in martyrdom to serve the cause of Christ. Have you not ever thought there has to be more to this Christian life than being a nice person? Yeah, well, praise God. I'm, you know, I'm a nice Christian. <laughs> now, the parts that I see of you are nice. We can all act for a while. There's got to be more than just about being nice, and I'm not giving you an excuse to be rude. I've really got to practice my TV smile. I was told the other day my face is intimidating. Really? I'm passionate. Try to do something passionately with a smile on your face. You don't see them serving in a tennis match with a smile. You don't see a guy tackling somebody on a rugby field with a smile. I'm the smiley tackler. I'm passionate. Have you never considered there's got to be more to being a Christian than just smiling? Coming to church every Sunday, which you must do. Singing a few songs. Reading your Bible so every now and then. Putting up the odd prayer of gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. Surely there's got to be more to Christianity than that. In Acts 5 verse 12, the Bible says the apostles performed many signs and wonders and miracles among the people. Can I submit it to you today that we've become so stagnant in our walk with God that we've started to follow the signs instead, to follow, instead of following God? When the Bible says these signs shall follow you, when last did you pray for the sick? When last did you pray and bless somebody? When last were you the miracle somebody else has been praying for? When last did you listen to the Holy Ghost? Oh, this is not a God bless me message. This message is to activate. This message is to challenge us out of comfort. The apostles performed many signs, wonders, and miracles among the people, and believers were wonderfully united, unity, and they met regularly in the temple courts, church, in the area known as Solomon's Porch. No one dared harm them, for everyone held them in high regard. Continually more and more people believed in the Lord and were added to their number, great crowds of both men and women. In fact, when people knew Peter was going to walk by, they carried the sick out to the streets and laid them down on cots and mats, knowing the incredible power emanating from him would overshadow them and heal them. And great numbers of people swarmed into Jerusalem from the nearby villages. They brought with them the sick and those troubled by demons, and everyone was healed. I see a church full of excitement. I see a church full of passion. I see a church that is so infused with purpose because of the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't see a stagnant church. I don't see a boring church. I don't see a neutralized church. I see the church of God on fire. I see every Christian running for God with this passion and zeal. 
Yeah, well, I don't like your style. Do you think everybody liked Peter's style? I don't like your attitude. You're telling me. You're telling me something. We're living in a generation that wants to be lured into something and not told what they must do. Huh? Huh? I got told it by a pastor last week. You can't make certain statements from your platform because this new generation doesn't respond to it. Huh? This new generation wants to, to live for a purpose bigger than self. Every generation wants to. This new generation wants, excuse me, what are we tolerating? What are we tolerating and what are we compromising? This new generation has been told that they will be the greatest generation ever to ever have lived. And I say yes, but this new generation needs to learn respect again. This new generation needs to learn honor again. This new generation needs to revere God again. This new generation needs to, to recognize it's not just about them. It's not just about them. And when they receive the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, something's going to change on the inside. We can't be ashamed about the Holy Ghost any longer. We can't live in fear of the Holy Ghost any longer. We've got to embrace the power of God. We've got to jump to our feet and say, God, touch me afresh. God, fan a flame. Oh, somebody, jump to your feet. Somebody from that new, young generation, jump to your feet and say, God, baptize me. God, fan that flame. Oh, God, do something in my school. God, do something in my university. God, do something fresh in my life. I'm not going to be limited by people's attitudes and the fashion of the day. You don't read about how Peter considered what the other people would think. Let me ask you this question. Is that new generation not being invited or encouraged or forced to do things through the media which they don't even realize they've been forced to do? I don't want to trick people to church. I mean, we, we say win the loss at any cost and I'll do whatever I've got to do to get you here. But I can't compromise to keep you here. I've got to pray that whatever I do to get you here into the corporate presence of God, that in His presence, God will touch you like He touched me 25 years ago, that I've never doubted my salvation. I've gone through many battles, but I've never doubted my salvation. I've gone through many battles, but I've never doubted God's love for me. I've gone through many battles, but I've never doubted that God could deliver me. I've not had people once phone me and say, Pastor, why aren't you in church? From the day I got saved to when I started in the ministry, my whole ministry, I've never had somebody phone me and say, why aren't you in church? You know why? Because God got my heart. We've got to start praying like we've never prayed before. We've got to seek God like we've never seeked God before. And then once we've sought Him, we've got to get off our knees and get out into the world and reach our world. No, Pastor, nobody wants to come to church. Well, if you ask me that way, with the, the little passion you have, I wouldn't follow you either. But like the woman in John chapter 4, she was so passionate. She said, come meet a man. Come meet a man. I broke all the laws. 
because a Samaritan wasn't supposed to speak to the Jews and a woman wasn't supposed to speak to a man. And she said, come meet a man who's told me all that, I, that I've ever done. Come meet a man. Could he be the Messiah? Could he be the Christ? Come meet a man. Come meet that man. Come meet that man. And let me tell you, when somebody comes to you with a belief in their heart, when somebody comes to you passionately and says, listen, I went to church on Sunday. Oh, I'm telling you, it wasn't what I was used to, but I came there and I experienced something. I can't explain it, but come meet a man. And we're not talking about the preacher. We're talking about Jesus. 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 That's where you see the book of Acts. Funny part was not everyone joined them when the persecution came. But I'm not going to go into that because there was a small minority of people in the church who always do most of the work. And then there are those that admire who spend time admiring those that are serving but are content to enjoy the ride. In this season, we need every hand on deck. We need every hand on deck. If you go study the book of Acts, you'll see that they were dispersed in Acts chapter 8. And that actually caused the expansion of the kingdom of God. So persecution isn't always a bad thing if we utilize it correctly. This lockdown is going to usher in the greatest revival because Christians are going to stand up. I mean, in this season, many people have been tested as to what they really believe. My pastor, Pastor, I said a while ago, if after 14 months of lockdown, nearly 15 months of lockdown, you still don't want to come to church, it's no longer fear. It's become a decision. And I go, amen. A big amen. Oh, you can't say that. People don't want to hear that, pastor. They don't want to hear that, that, that you, you're telling them that they become lazy. What must I tell them? They don't want to hear that. They, and I'm, I'm not talking about those that are physically can't get to the church or those that, that, that for some reason, illness, comorbidities. But this lockdown has got us to a place where it's about our comfort. And now it's inconvenient to get up in the early on a Sunday morning and come to pre-service prayer. It's inconvenient to get dressed all smart for church because we got into a pattern. And we asked ourselves, what does God say about church? And we asked ourselves, what does God say through His Word about the gathering of the saints? What is stopping us coming to church? Fear? No. You went to the shopping center, didn't you? You went and played paintball, didn't you? Huh? You went to work, didn't you? You take your kids to school, don't you? I'll say this. Our building is cleaner and more sanitized and more safer than any shopping center or school in Durban. And I'll say it boasting because your safety is our priority. What is stopping you? Complacency, neutrality, Wrong priorities, scratch, 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 scratch. Acts 5, 12 to 14, the apostles performed many signs, wonders, and miracles among the people, and the believers were wonderfully united as they met regularly in the temple courts. Oh, coming to church and gathering it with the saints is something that should be a habit of every single born-again, spirit-filled Christian. You should be a regular visitor to the church, the local church where God has planted you and sets the members in as it pleases Him. You should be regular. It should be a priority. Hebrews 10, 25, this is not the time to pull away. Oh, that's a word for somebody. Some keyboard warrior. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. Oh, can I have a good amen for that? Eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. In the New King James Version, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Now be careful before you tweet. I'm not saying be irresponsible. 
I'm saying stop neglecting the gathering of the saints. I understand. There are times you're going to use technology. We will always have technology. We start a television ministry, we'll always be on television. There's a use for that. But it cannot become your habit. Because God inhabits the praises of His people. And the Word says we need to come together in the house of God. He sets the members in the house as it pleases Him. Last Sunday I had no voice. So I decided it was not right for me to come to church on Sunday night. So I stayed at home and I watched Pastor Ut live. It's not the same. I didn't participate the way I know I can and how I should to give God the glory and the honor. And I watched the message and I didn't participate the way I would normally watch the message while I was sitting by myself. That cannot become our norm. It cannot become our norm. We need churches to be open safely, responsibly, unashamedly and unapologetically for three reasons. Number one, for the saints to be edified and exhorted, to be taught. For the saints to be mobilized to fulfill Luke 4, 18, verse 19, which is, speaks about the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Saints to be edified and taught. Saints to be mobilized to eradicate poverty, racism, prejudice, alleviate hurt in the world. But most importantly, for the lost to get saved. For the lost to get saved. For the lost to get saved. So we've got to ask God to do it again. Fan that flame. We've got to ask God and seek God and trust God that we will not, that He will fan that flame in our lives, that we will get to the place where nothing will stop us. Time is up because you cannot preach longer. Now you're inconveniencing me. Is it all about you? When Paul encountered Christ on the road of Damascus, he was Saul, a persecutor of the church, and he encounters Christ, read Acts chapter 9, and when he encounters Christ, the first thing he says, who are you, Lord? A prayer that I believe every Christian should continually pray because as you mature in Christ, you see different facets of God's goodness and grace and mercy. You get to know Him as a Savior, but then you see Him as a healer, as a deliverer, as a provider, as a protector. Who are you, Lord? And the second prayer he prays is, what would you have me do? And then he goes on to speak about how he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, what God instructed him to do. How many of us have allowed this lockdown to disconnect us from the life source, which is the church, from the presence of God, and, and we've gone away from what God has called us to do and God has called us to be, which ultimately is to use our gifts and our talents to advance His kingdom to reach the lost. Galatians 2.20 says, no longer I will live at Christ who lives in me. The final thing I want to say this morning is focus on the promise and the purpose of God. Lift your eyes from the challenges ahead, from the battles you're experiencing currently, and focus on what the Holy Spirit would have you focus upon. In Genesis 15 verse 5 it says, Then he brought him outside, speaking of Abram, and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. And then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans 
to give you this land to inherit it. Abram had to focus on the stars, not the scars. Very deep. Too many of us are focusing on the scars. The scars representing disappointment. The scars representing hurt. The scars representing failure. The scars representing all the negative things in life. And we're focusing on the scars and God has called us to lift our eyes and focus on the stars, on the promises that He's given us, on the plans that He has for us, on the power that's available to us. Focus on the stars, not your scars. A star shines brightest in darkness. We have to look to the stars, the promises of God. We can't focus in this season on all the problems, all the negatives, what is holding us back. I'm going to say it again. We have to lift our eyes to the stars, to the promises of God and rely on the Holy Spirit and ask Him to empower us and ask Him to equip us. The early church faced tremendous opposition, but the fire burned brighter on the inside of them than the darkness around them. The fire burned brighter on the inside of them than the opposition around them. Psalm 121, the Bible says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Whether you're watching on the other side of that camera, a rebroadcast, listening on a podcast, in this facility today, the Bible says you are clothed with power from on high. I want that worship team to come and sing that song we sang. Part of that song says, open the gates. The gates can represent our mouths. One thing about God is He cannot override your will. You have to open your mouth and say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come and save me. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come touch me afresh and fan a flame of your spirit in my life. If it starts with me and my family, then it starts with me. But like the early disciples, give me that boldness. Give me that courage. Give me that confidence in Jesus. He promised. And the Holy Spirit is freely available to all who believe. I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised. God is not a man that he shall lie. But remain in the city, Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. Come on, stand to your feet there in your homes this morning. Do it again, Lord. Do it again, Lord. Pour out your Spirit upon us. Use me, Lord. Use our church, Father. We're going to go hard for souls. CRC goes hard for souls. You said we shall receive power. When the Holy Ghost comes upon us, that we can be witnesses for you. Some of you sitting at home today need to get back to church to bring your world to church, your lost world to church. Comfort's not going to see the unsaved coming back. Come on, it's time to be reactivated in His presence. Come on, lift your hands and ask Him to come. Touch you. Move in your heart, move in your life, move in your family, move in your career, move in your business. Come on, cry out to Him. They're in your home. Come on, get off that chair this morning. Just begin to worship Him. Lift your hands. Maybe you're the only one in your house doing it. Do it. Come on, lift your hands. Open the gates, let the King of glory.
Lift your hands. Jesus. It's an act of serenity, it's an act of worship. Jesus. Maybe it's the first time you've ever lifted your hands. closed, nobody looking around. God loves you. And God will use things, people, situations to get your attention. Sometimes we're looking for God in a pre-designed package. Yet God is knocking on the door of your heart. And you're allowing your tradition, your culture. Whatever it is to hold you back. If He's not Lord of all, then He's not Lord at all. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. You've come into this place, you're watching via television, YouTube, Facebook, listening to this podcast. And your life is not right with God. Maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus or you have, but you've wandered away. You've allowed the darkness and confusion of this world to detract from that relationship with God. He has to be the most important relationship you have in the world. Above your spouse. Love your kids. It doesn't mean you don't love your spouse or your kids, but he comes first. You've never given your heart to him, or maybe you have, but you've wandered away, or you don't have that assurance of salvation. I want to pray with you. There's such a presence of God in this building, and I'm convinced on the other side of that camera. But you have to respond to Him. He knocks on the door of your heart, but you have to open up your heart to Him. If He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. While every head is bowed, every eye is closed, there's a stirring in your heart that's God speaking to you. Give me the privilege to pray with you all over this place while believers are praying. Slip up your hand high and say, yes, you're talking to me. I don't have that relationship you're speaking about. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Come on, lift up your hand quickly in the name of Jesus. There's a stirring. God's speaking to you. Lift up your hand high and say, yes, you're talking to me. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Come on. Today is the day of your salvation. Slip it up unashamedly. It doesn't matter what your spouse thinks. It's your relationship with God which starts off very personal but never private. You have to say yes to him. If you haven't yet raised your hand, slip it up now in Jesus' name so I can see it. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you. I've seen your hands. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. At the back, I see your hand. In the middle, I see your hand. Thank you. In the camera. In your home. On the other side of the camera, slip it up, man. Unashamedly. I want to speak to somebody on the other side of the camera. Get back to purpose, brother. Get back to purpose, sister. 
You're a soul winner, but you can't be a soul winner outside of church. Because where are you leading the people? Time to come back home. God sets the members in the house as it pleases Him. You haven't yet raised your hand in this building to come back to Christ? Then quickly, slip up your hand high, please, quickly. High, in Jesus' name, unashamedly, come on, there's more. Unashamedly, more, more. God loves you. God loves you. I'm not used to this. So, they weren't used to the Holy Spirit coming out at Pentecost. God's always going to play to your game, your comfort. Abram, get out of your father's house. Why? Get out of those things that you're comfortable with so I can get you into your purpose. Destiny. I want you all to look at me, please, this morning and the cameras to stay focused on me. If you raised your hand, or you should have raised your hand, I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to carefully, responsibly, move to the front and stand on one of the spots that are demarcated so that you are still socially distanced and COVID regulated. If that is you in the building, you raise your hand or you should have raised your hand, come meet me here at the front, but come stand on the spots that are, camera focus on me, please. If you're at home, just take a step forward. If you're at home, just take a step forward. Come on, let's clap and let's sing. Come on. Let's get back to our purpose. As we lift up our hands, come on. Encourage your friends. I'll walk with you. I'll stand with you. Come on, it's time to come back home to Jesus. Come back to His presence. Come back to His purpose. Come on. You raised your hands. Come on, there was more. There was more. God loves you, man. God loves you. Come on. Say to your friend, I'll walk with you. Come on. Say to your mother, your sister. Your husband, your girlfriend, come on, I'll walk with you. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Open the gates. Come on, come. The doors are open. Come on, come on, come on. There's still more. There's a stirring in your heart to come. people here that have to give him everything you're good people you're good people I'm actually fighting for two people that I know are here but I'll make the statement again if he's not Lord of all he's not Lord at all if he's not Lord of your highs and your lows your weaknesses and your struggles can't blame other people it's your relationship with Jesus he's the alpha the omega the beginning the end and everything in between there's at least two more people that need to come forward I'm asking you please you can hear the Holy Ghost it's stirring it's uncomfortable that's God speaking to you there could be more but at least two come it's time 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 come on keep clapping come on CRC clap this is what we're about come on this is what we're about this is what we're about come 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 there's a stirring here that's God speaking to you come 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 ushers come 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 do your part there at home raise your hand step forward wherever you are come on God loves people God's in the business about people come 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 there's still more I can feel it come on there's still more there's still more there's somebody in this block come on it's time to give everything to God today it's time to give everything to God today come on come on that side come on come on come on come on come on open the gate you've got to open that gate for God he can't come in without your invitation he can't take control without your invitation seconds so come quickly come on something happens when you step out
with everything in us. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed. We're not ashamed. What a privilege to pray with you. On the other side of the camera, the few of you that are in the front, just put your hand upon your heart. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to your Lordship, to your ownership. Come and take your rightful place in my heart as my Lord, as my Savior. I acknowledge you died for my sins. You rose from the grave to give me life. And as you fill me now with your presence, with your spirit, with your power, may my life never be the same again. Guide me, guard me, use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. The Bible says before you clap that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart upon the Lord Jesus Christ, you should be saved. Whether it be first time commitment or recommitment, you are a new creation. To hell with the devil in your life, to hell with him, long time eternity. You are an overcomer through Christ. We're going to help you walk with you. If you're watching us live, please, the details are on the screen. Please write to us. Contact us so we can send you a booklet to help you in your walk with God, to agree with you in prayer, to see Jesus empower you to be all that you're called to be. Those in the building, still socially distancing, please. Just move to your left, my right, for a moment. We're going to take you out to a place prepared for you so we can pray with you in Jesus' name. Come on. Give a great big God bless you. Come on, CRC. This is what we're about. We're going to go after souls hard, 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 hard. Schools, universities, your business areas, wherever we are, we're going to reach the lost. We're going to reach those that have drifted from God and bring them back into the presence of God. We're going to reach those that have lost touch with God because God is real. For those of you that are online, God bless you. Have a great week. Don't forget tonight with live with Pastor Art as we unite as CRC around the country. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus' name.